Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and I'm here today uh, with Marketing Thought Leadership. Our uh, guest for today's episode is Katie Payne. I'm very pleased to have Katie with us. She's the founder of Katie Payne & Partners, the publisher of the first blog and the first newsletters for marketing and communications professionals that are dedicated entirely to measurement and accountability. She writes Katie Payne's measurement blog. She publishes the electronic newsletter and blog, The Measurement Standard. And her book, Measures of Success, Katie Payne's Guide to Measuring Your Public Relationships, was published in January of last year is already being used as a college textbook in some educational institutions. Prior to launching Katie Payne's and Partners in 2002, Katie was the founder and president of the Delahaye Group, which she sold to MediaLink in 1999. For over 17 years, she's been providing marketers and communications professionals tools, data, and information to help them make better business decisions. Her clients include some of the world's most admired brands, such as Raytheon, Georgia Tech, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, her, uh, her accolades go on and on and on, but I just want to tell you she was recently named one of PR Week's 2008 Power Players for her advocacy of PR measurement, and she'll soon complete her 13th year on the Institute for Public Relations Measurement Commission. So what better person to talk to us about how to measure public relations and the results thereof than Katie Payne? Welcome, Katie. Well, thank you very much, Linda. Very happy to be here. Great. Well, tell me something. Um, you've been around the, the measurement area for quite a while. So what do you see are the biggest trends in measurement and evaluating marketing in, in today's world? Well, the biggest thing that I see is this real, I don't know whether it's an earthquake or a, or a tsunami or a war that's going on, but essentially what's happening with social media is that because of the difficulties of, of putting traditional metrics on social media, things like CPM numbers and impression numbers and, you know, column inches and all those things just don't apply in social media. And that's not what it's all about. So you have these folks out there who are who think in terms of, oh, if I get, you know, a a ten dollar CPM or a twenty dollar CPM, that's good. Or if I reach seventy million people, that's good and that's success. And then you can't do that in social media. So people are like, oh my God, you can't measure it. And then partly because they, you know, they forget that just because there isn't necessarily an automated instant way of doing things, there are still ways of measuring things. But what's happening instead is, is that people are now looking at measurement from a perspective of, have I improved efficiency? Have I improved um, the you know have I lowered the cost per customer acquisition? Have I lowered the cost of a lead? Um, much more direct measures, but it's really hard to get people who have been counting eyeballs for 50 years to all of a sudden say, oh, you're right, I can measure something much more meaningful, but I don't know how to do that. Right, right. So that's really where we're at is in terms of measurement right now is this real battle that's going on between people who really want to be able to say, well, what's the advertising equivalent of a blog mention? And people like me who go, there isn't one, and stop thinking about that because it's a silly, PR-centric, ridiculous measure when what you really need to be doing is speaking the language of business. 
And business is, oh, I have improved efficiency, or I have lowered cost, or I have increased market share. And we've been sort of stuck in those old metrics for a long time because we're familiar with them, right? Right, that's exactly it. And that's that's why I'm very excited about where we are in terms of measurement because it's you know, it's been a long time coming. I've been fighting this battle for twenty years of saying, Yes, it's nice to say what's your share of positive, but you really need to correlate that with some actual meaningful business results. And uh so the the you know, for me it's a great time, but it's also very frustrating because there's so many people saying, oh, you can't measure this stuff, you can't measure this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can. So I literally spend two hours every morning scanning blogs that say we can't measure, you know, PR, or we can't measure blogs and responding saying, yes, we can. <laughs> so I feel like Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, so if my boss says to me, how do I measure success? What's the right answer? What should I respond with? Well, particularly around social media, the first question you've got to respond with is, what do we hope to accomplish? Ah, and and here's, here's the challenge, which is that, you know, if he says, my favorite one is, you know, I, I asked this guy from, who called me from Baghdad saying he wanted the U.S. Public, US Army Public Affairs um, uh, Facebook page, and he wanted me to measure it. And I said, well, why did you put it up there? And he said, because somebody told me to. <laughs> and I said, that's not a goal. Right. <laughs> that is not an objective. I said, I assume it's because you want to trade information, share knowledge between Army public affairs officers. Oh, yes, that's right. I said, okay, so now you have to measure the degree of knowledge shared. In other words, you have to go in there, look at the content of the conversation, and see of all of the postings, how many are about, I hate the MREs this week, and, you know, I'm lonely and I you know, miss my dog. And how many are about, hey, I tried this tactic when we had to take these people into Fallujah and it really worked and, you know, maybe I can solve a problem for you. So you, the first step is define what those objectives are. And, and, and really you have to – that's really the problem because so many people think, oh, I just – now that I'm doing something, I get to measure it. And I'm like – no, you have to see whether it's helping you accomplish your goal. And if the goal is, I want to sell stuff, you know, then you have to say, okay, do we have a CRM system in place um, and a really good web analytics system in place so that when this stuff comes into our website, I can actually track it back to sales. And you know, Southwest Airlines can do that because they use a unique URL on everything they put out there so that they know exactly how many tickets public relations can sell for them. And Walmart has, you know, sophisticated marketing mix modeling things that say, you know, we sold more stuff through 11 moms, you know, than we do through traditional advertising. And as I keep telling people, that's 11, not 11 million. <laughs> they reached out to 11 moms and they sold more stuff. They really said, this one guy said, you know, I think that's the reason why we were profitable in the first quarter. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's it's so the first question you've got to say is okay, what is what really you know how do you define success? It's not how I define success. It's what's the goal, and then um, um, you know and and what do you want to change? What problem do you want to solve? I mean, I think that's what's so fascinating is is when you ask that question, people start to say, well, I want more collaboration. Well, you can't measure collaboration by counting up the number of blog posts. You know, you've got to look at the nature of the conversation and see whether it's, you know, people are sharing ideas. 
Very interesting. So what's your recommendation for the best tools that people should be using here? Well, the, the, that's a funny, you know, thing because there are literally there's a new tool coming out every week. And everybody puts together these lists of all these tools. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because what you have to go is come back to is what's the goal? Now, if the boss says, you know, my goal is to sell more stuff, um, then you can probably get away with something like social mention, which is just a free tracking tool of your mentions, and a really good web analytics system. If it's I want to change how the marketplace is talking about me, then you're going to need a different tool because then you're going to want to track the content of all that stuff. And it's probably some hybrid system between one of the monitoring systems like Radian 6 or Sysmos or any one of those things and using humans to, to ensure the accuracy. But it's also just as likely that if your goal is I want to increase awareness, perception, consideration, my trust, my credibility, all those things have to get measured by a survey. And so some of the best metrics are being done by some of the oldest techniques, which is you ask your customers what they think. Ask your customers what you think. It's funny. We have all this new technology, but it goes back to the real basics, and, and things haven't changed. Well, yeah, everybody says, well, should I, should I be involved in Twitter? I don't know. I'm, you know, your target audience are men between the ages of 24 and 34. I'm not one of them. Don't ask me. Ask your, ask them. Ask your customer. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is people think, oh God, I, you know, I have to have something new and shiny, and different. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can use the same techniques that the Grunigs came up with 20 years ago to measure shifts in trust and credibility and co commitment and satisfaction and engagement and all these things you can you know these things have been around for years just dust them off and put them on survey monkey instead of doing phone surveys exactly great so if there's one thing that i need to know to do measurement right what would you say that is benchmark benchmark define what it is that you are comparing yourself to because i get this all the time which is i get you know 20 percent of my blog postings to talk about me are positive. Is that good or bad? I'm like, I don't know. How's your competition stacking up? <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to change how the, the I, want, I want to, you know, be known as the thought leader on the subject of, you know, green IT. Okay. So where is the green IT discussion today? And who's dominating it? And who's, you know, who's got the greatest share of the green IT discussion today? And do I have a greater share six months from now? So you have to figure out what you're comparing yourself to because otherwise all these numbers that people are putting out there are completely and totally meaningless. And I obviously recommend benchmarking against your competition, but even yourself over time. If, say, for instance, you want to find out whether your trust is improving. Ideally, you ask people, you know, do they agree or disagree with a statement like, you know, this organization can be relied upon to keep its promises. And you ask that question about you and three other companies in your industry, and then you do it again six months later. But even if you don't do it competitively, you still have to do it six months. You have to do it sort of before and after survey so that you know where you're starting from and where you're going. You have to have that benchmark in there somehow. Great. Great. And that makes sense. You need to know where you are and set a baseline and then know where you're going to and have something reasonable to compare it to. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times, we, I mean, the first projects that we do for most people dabbling around in social media, I don't know, you know, um, out there, but certainly among the people that I talk to is where's the industry? You know, where am I relative to my peers in the industry? Am I good or am I bad? Are they all on Facebook and I'm the only one who's not? Are they all on YouTube and I'm the only one who's not? You know, where are we doing better? Where are we doing worse? All those fundamental questions of, oh, God, there's this big social media world out there, and what do I do about it? All those questions need to be asked, and the way you do that is by saying, okay, here's how you stack up relative to the competition. That makes sense, absolutely. So, Katie, what would you say in terms of how social media has impacted so many things? How has social media really impacted the research field? Oh, it's... It's huge because, first of all, <laughs> it's not necessarily a perfect research tool, but being able to listen in on customer conversations is a very valuable tool. Um, to be able to put in a search term that you are, um, it used to be, you know, people would come to me and say, we're now talking about, you know, branching off and becoming a major player in green IT. I'm a bad example, but I'm going to use that for now. So, so who's dominating the social, the the green IT field, and what are they talking about, and what are the battles, et cetera, et cetera. In order to do that, we used to have to do, you know, phone surveys, right? And you know, we'd have to try to get a thousand, you know, IT managers on the telephone. Well, now you can just go in, you know, use. Again, Google Alerts or Technorati or Social Mention or any number of a bunch of free tools, and start capturing the conversations, and and listen in on those conversations. So it's just so much easier to find out what's going on in the marketplace. Now, is it a perfect solution, and does it work for everybody? Certainly not, because if you're trying to introduce something that's never been introduced before, and it's really truly out there. Um, you know that might be. Oh, what was the thing last weekend? Was the the ads that you can eat, and you know ads for food that you can eat. You know, okay. So nobody's nobody's been talking about that. But <laughs> now it's been now it's been out there on NPR. Now you can listen in on the conversation and find out how many people are going ugh or how many people are going cool. Oh, interesting. Wow. So it really is a great. It's a great research tool because you're getting. You're getting real, live, honest, unfiltered responses. The concern with, you know, traditional survey research was always, you know, you got this person on the phone, are they lying to you or not, you know, just to get you off the phone. And with social media, you don't, they don't know that you're, I mean, they should assume that you're listening, but they don't know that there's a researcher listening in, you know, on a on a comment stream that's going back and forth. So you, I think you get, my, my, theory is, is the fact that you actually get better information because it's more honest and more real. People are talking more freely. Yeah, yeah I mean, then they're also talking crazy, too. I mean, you have to, that's the downside of, of social media and research is that um, it does allow people to, you know, it allows us the nutcases to, you know, get greater visibility, which doesn't necessarily, you know, help us researchers. But, um, you know, you need to figure out, you know, you, you and that's the thing about all of this stuff is, is that people have voices in social media. And when the, the head of the DOD social media group said to me, well, you know, we think that, you know, having a credible, recognizable voice on Twitter is a matter of national security. 
you could have knocked me over with a feather. I mean, I dropped my laptop and went, what? <laughs> but but his point was we want people to recognize what we sound like in Twitter so that if somebody hijacks our brand or does something else and says, you know, the Taliban are coming, you got to evacuate to Philadelphia, and in fact, you know, that's where the Taliban are waiting for you, you know, that's the way they think. But when, one of the fascinating examples of that is in the whole Iran election thing. When somebody hijacked one of the one of the big um, um, Twitterers that was posting information, somebody hijacked their name somehow, and all of a sudden, you know, people were saying that doesn't sound like him. Mm, interesting. You know, uh, Persian Kiwi. It was like that doesn't sound like Persian Kiwi at all. Is he okay? Is he in jail? What happened to him? You know, and has he reemerged as something else? But instantly, people said that doesn't sound like him at all. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you really you get a more you know authentic view of what somebody's really like. I think. Wow. So where do you think we're going next after we've got Twitter now, you know, we've got, you know, Facebook and came from the days of blogs and LinkedIn and now we're at Twitter. Do you, what, where do you think we go from here? Any ideas? I actually th- see I actually think that the Twitter and this is a completely off the wall notion that don't, nobody agrees with me on this one yet, but I think Twitter is sort of a game changer. It's not media. It's a process improvement tool, kind of like the telephone. Interesting. I mean, all of social media, you could argue, is is you know, is going to have an impact on business the same way the telephone did, um, the same way as email did. I mean, it's all that, all of this stuff is not about the media. It's, calling it social media is a complete misnomer. It is changing the way we do business. And you know, my my absolute skeptic client who hired us at vast expense to do all kinds of research to prove that he really didn't have to do anything with social media. And of course it didn't prove that he had proved that he really did have to do something in social media. And he jumped in there, he started creating videos, he started, you know, you know, encouraging departmental participation on Twitter and all of a sudden people that have never talked to him before Mainstream media people that, you know, totally ignore them, but like the science writer for New York Times, who's impossible to get to on the telephone, you know, is now following them on Twitter and and posting and, and publishing the stuff that they're putting out there. Interesting. Wow. So so it's it it's a way it's a it's a complete change in how we do business and it's it's you know the collaborative. Here's a, a you know another sort of amazing example. There were four scientists working at I want to say Los Alamos, but one of the big research federal research places, Los Alamos or JPL or something like that. And they were working on a, uh, a cure for cancer. I mean, it wasn't a cure for cancer, but it was something huge. And they needed to collaborate very quickly from different, they're all over the country and, and they were needed to collaborate. So they basically started this whole um, Twitter conversation, private, direct messaging back and forth. And um, and that evolved into, I think, a Ning network or something where they were all collaborating. And of course, the DOD came in and said, you can't do this. These are All these things are banned. You can't use these. And they said, fine, we quit. Wow. And the DOD said, oh, it's that important to you? (laughs) I guess we have to let you do this. We have to reconsider. We have to reconsider. So then 
couple months go by, I run into this this colonel in the Air Force who basically, you know, was being asked about his social media policy. He said, well, if I can't trust my airmen, who can I trust? Hmm. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is changing how people are going to work. Because they're, I mean, they're sharing information all over the world. Wow. Yeah. So that's where it's, I mean, it's all going to, you know, it's going to go increasingly to our mobile phones. It's increasingly going to be video. I mean, YouTube, Hulu, things like that are going to be, you know, that's that's the next generation. I, you know, I'm sorry, I cannot watch the daily show on my cell phone, and I never will. My <laughs> eyes are too old. But an awful lot of people are going to watch, you know, little funny YouTube videos on their cell phones everywhere they go, and that's going to be, uh, I mean that's sort of the was the brilliance of Facebook. What we found the you know people sharing videos was like the number one after advertising something for sale. It was the number one use of of Facebook. So I think increased sharing of all this stuff, um, increased use of video. People are going to stop typing and start just doing video, which makes me crazy. But I, I think that the next generation will be you know just so used to making little videos and sending them around that that. You know, it's the whole principle of of um, uvu or seismic or one of those things out there where, you know, instead of you know instead of having a conversation, you look into your computer, record it, you know, record a video and send it to somebody. Right. That's right. that's kludgy right now, but that's going to be the way we communicate in ten years. Absolutely, we're getting there. We, which is so not fair, because think about, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be old and wrinkled, and nobody will want to see my videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, we'll have to have avatars. Uh, absolutely. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Katie. This has really been quite informative. We're here talking You're with welcome. Katie Payne, and it's really been a pleasure. Katie, again, is the CEO of Katie Payne and & Partners, and she's also the publisher of the management, the Measurement Standard. You can find out about what's going on with Katie and listen to some of her thoughts on her, on her blog, which is uh, http colon slash slash k-d-p-a-i-n-e dot blogs dot com. And thank you, Katie, for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Terrific. This is Linda Popke, and this has been another episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. Until next time, uh, go out and, uh, and take these, uh, these uh, actions and get out there in social media. We'll talk to you again soon. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.